think that a better solution that, you know, the tech giants, Apple, Google, and Amazon could make a reality like in an instant is just not making it harder to get the device ID, but to make it easier to get it and then just put the consumer like fully in control over their IDs. You're listening to Identity Revolution, a podcast from the consumer identity management experts at Infutor Data Solutions. In each episode, we invite industry leaders for data-driven discussions on all things marketing, analytics, and identity. Join us as we take a deep dive into industry trends, strategies, and the future of data technology. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Identity Revolution podcast. Today, we have a special guest to discuss a vertical that many of us have a passion about, our pets, and Viva's business transforming that space. Welcome to the show, Viva Shu from the Good Boy Studios. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Fred. Thanks for uh, inviting me to the show. Big fan of the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, it is a great time to be doing this show. It's a balmy 61 degrees here in the Northwest Burbs of Chicago. And I'm beyond excited about what lies in our near future as spring approaches. But most importantly, I'm excited about the next 20 to 30 minutes. I can't wait to discuss your business. You know, I have to say I was not a dog person before the pandemic. Most of my interactions with canines occurred as a paper boy on the south side of Chicago, and very few of those were pleasant in nature. But the the pandemic hit, my son begged for a dog. We ended up getting Harper as a rescue, and it changed my life. I'm in love with this dog, and I can't say enough good things about it. I'm sure that's many of the people listening uh, have a similar experience. So we're so excited to have you. Thanks again for joining our show. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to, to join. So I'd love for you to give the audience a little bit of a background on yourself and what you're up to right now. Most importantly, how you started this business. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like we're a dog-loving family, but unlike yourself, I've grown up with dogs and pets my whole life. You know, like when growing up in North Carolina and the 80s, you know, like we, we used to have dogs that just kind of run around with us, like Little Rock Rascal style, and just always been a great, you know, big, pet lover myself. And so when my family and I like adopted a new Labrador to the family about like seven years ago, I found myself being kind of one of those pet owners that was like over sharing on, on Instagram, you know, like just, just posting photos of, of us loving on our big, you know, crazy Labrador. And I kind of realized being an entrepreneur and just a person with a, with a gaming background that, you know, people just love sharing kind of pets and that the whole kind of, you know, like petster thing had never really taken off from a social media standpoint. And so we kind of came up with this crazy, you know, concept my, myself and my, my co-founders to come up with this app to allow people to just share the love of their pets in a fun way to post photos and videos online and turn it into kind of this gamified kind of way to, to vote for the cutest pet. And, you know, it, it quickly took off the, that was called pet parade. You know, today we've got over 7 million pets on the platform. So leading a social media app on both iOS and Android right now. And then in the process of signing up sponsors to actually sponsor the prizes and just kind of developing a business model. 
like around the app, we kind of discovered this much larger opportunity around kind of data and advertising and myself having like a background, you know, over 20 years in ad tech and just technology and being a tech entrepreneur, I kind of, you know, quickly spotted the need for these pet companies who we were helping with the marketing that they had kind of a challenge that they were not only needing to collect kind of first party data about the peddlers themselves, but about the pets themselves. And so that hence kind of came the genesis around kind of the true vision of the company, which is centered around our platform called the Pet Demographics Audience Platform. And so we launched the Pet Demographics Audience Platform about a couple of years ago in you know, it's the world's largest, most comprehensive taxonomy and marketplace for pet data. And so we, our vision and goal and, you know, how we're partnered with Infuters is basically to allow our clients to effectively reach pet owners in new and excited ways by kind of tar- allowing them to target based on things like breed or like age of the pets or adoption source or um, even like fur, things like fur type. And so Genesis and just kind of learning about the industry has been so, such a cool journey over the past, you know, like six years, you know, as you kind of mentioned at the top of the show, the pen industry over the pandemic, like pet adoptions kind of exploded from, you know, like from like about two thirds of Americans households owning pets to nearly 70%. Now it's already like a hundred billion dollar market in the U S it's a huge, huge vertical within the advertising industry. And so we're super excited about what we're doing now and, um, you know, just really, you know, really excited about, you know, just, just helping our clients as well as kind of helping our users and our, uh, of the apps that we create to, to actually kind of pair them up with our clients in new and, and fun ways as well. Yeah. It's a great, great partnership between our two respective companies. We built the biggest, most robust and comprehensive consumer identity graph in the US and you've built or you're building the word the world's really first and fastest growing pet identity graph in the US and it's just beyond exciting to be uh, partnered together in this endeavor. I do want to get into a little bit more of a data deep dive which is you know what are you most excited about some uh, take a step back some of the big most disruptive shifts that you're seeing in specifically in the data and analytics space right now. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely, you know, obviously this kind of importance of first party data, right. And just the shift towards with, you know, like Apple and Google kind of pulling a rug out from everybody with device IDs and third party cookies kind of going away and just this scramble among any consumer brand within, not just within pet space, but, you know, across all industries, obviously just having to acquire kind of their own data. And, you know, with that, with the companies who like ourselves, who've actually been from the very get go been focused on acquiring first party data and really the, the control and the shift is kind of going back to the publishers in that regard. And so we see that. And then another thing that, you know, we're really excited about is this kind of massive shift of viewership from, you know, traditional linear TV to CTV and OTT and just, you know, one of my backgrounds, you know, like I've got you know, like 20 plus years in technology and actually, you know, my dog's name is Coder. So that, that should tell you a bit about my stuff on the, you know, like I, I still, <laughs> or 
software engineer and my, and my health forms, you know, so I, I'm just kind of a, a techie. One of my first jobs out of school, you know, back in the early nineties was at this really early ITV company. It, it was a company, a small startup that later got acquired by Comcast. And I actually hold a number of patents that we wrote on that. Um, the running joke was always like ITV was like right around the corner, but keep it like 20 years ago, but now like I'm, sure. I'm so, so excited that it's like really here and you start seeing some of the, the concepts that we actually patented and really developed for boxes that were like dumber than your wristwatch now get being deployed to market. It's, it's really, truly exciting. Um, but I think there's still some really important kind of innovations that have yet to be solved in that space. I think what's cool right now is that we're, we're obviously seeing real solutions for viewership, measuring viewership and impressions that are going beyond, you know, like paneling and, and Nielsen, right? Not kind of like the first way of that technology and that's, it's pretty exciting. But that to me is still kind of like baby steps. And I think the real problem is like having solved that that click through, have you, have you even do the click through on, on TV, right? You know, people were experimenting with the QR codes, which they just kind of silly and not really a great user experience, but also, you know, with the attribution, how do you tie kind of the, the upticks and, you know, like search traffic with, you know, the, the times that your ads are actually playing. How do you, how do you attribute kind of the sales back to the TV campaign? So I think there's going to be some real technical disruptive shifts that you're going to see. I think that there's going to be some exciting kind of innovations from, you know, kind of voice technology. I think all of the groundwork that, you know, like Amazon with Alexa and the voice control, you know, like controllers are going to kind of play a big part into it. And hopefully some startups, you know, come into that space, you know, as well. Great. As an entrepreneur and, and someone who's had success in this space, what are some of the big pieces of advice that you would give to someone who's thinking of starting a business who wants to launch it in 2022 right now? Yeah. I mean, data is always to kind of measure your like success and to keep you like grounded. And so for me being like an entrepreneur slash software guy slash product guy in order I think how I kind of measure my success and check my enthusiasm about all of the great ideas that we come up with and the great opportunities that, you know, we want to chase is just by kind of looking at cohort, you know, kind of numbers and data and, you know, like conversion rates, et cetera. And so it's, it's really having that kind of mix of both passion as well as like this knack for both applying analytics, tracking kind of the metrics and having some methodology to kind of iterate and learn from what the data is actually telling you. And so I think that's something that's really guided my career as an entrepreneur from the get-go. You know, the very first company that I started working with out of school was this company that was doing Java-based reporting. And so I joined this startup, you know, you graduated software engineer slash public policy major out of Duke in 90, 97 and right at the you know, middle of the tech, you know, the very first like tech bubble and joined the startup of seven X Orkleys 
who, and this was the time when Java was like a marketing term, was used as a marketing term, Java, the uh, software language. And so we created the very first relational database reporting software suite that you could access using a web browser. Right. And so I joined a team. They had launched that product before I joined. And then I joined the team that was doing rollout-based reporting. And so rollout-based reporting is like against a multi-dimensional like database. And so from the very get-go, I was highly keenly aware about the importance of data and the companies that who were her clients were people like Charles Schwab's friend. Um, they were flying me out to, you know, Kansas city to actually meet with these people to employ the, these reporting solutions and kind of understanding their business and how they were using our solution to accurately measure the success of the, these huge, you know, like public company, you know, enterprise like businesses and divisions. So that. You know, I took that experience with me like throughout and just being able to use kind of reporting and analytics and data to really gauge the success in, of your business, as well as to manage kind of your success of your business. And then obviously from an entrepreneur standpoint, it kind of stuck with me as well. Great. I'd love to hear your, from your opinion, what was it about Infutor and our data set that really attracted you? And what was it that made you decide to move forward with a, a partnership with us? Well, look, Fred, I have to be honest. I think the first thing that attracted to me was your podcast. You know, like, That's I'm, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I'm a big podcast guy. I listen to pod, a lot, a lot of different types of podcasts. And, you know, on the work side, just subscribe to Trade Desk, you know, kind of that exchangers and, and yours sure. popped up to my feed. And I, I just found it. I love, you know, kind of the content that you guys we're doing and then, you know, like, and we were in the market for, you know, like a partner to help us kind of fill out some of the data that we didn't have and it just worked out. Yeah. You know, and I think that you guys are obviously the leader in your space and love, you know, talking and working with your team. I can't thank you enough for saying it. I we take a lot of pride in uh, Corey and I in doing this show and it's good to hear that somebody's listening. So I, I've been hearing it more and more. So something has to be working. As yeah. a follow-up to your previous comment, how disappointed are you going to be in Duke's eventual loss in this upcoming tournament? I'm kidding. You don't have to answer that. I, you notice I asked that? <laughs> oh my God, they can't. They can't see me. They can't seem to clerk the deal for Coach K. I think it's the burden of it. There being his last season must be, you know, those kids, but they've got like a super, super talented team. And unlike I kind of given up on putting too many expectations on them. And I, th I think they need some weight lifted off of their, their shoulder. <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way, I mean, it's very admirable what he's, he's built down there. It's always fun though, on the first day of the tournament to go off a little bit of the, of the beaten path. I'd love to hear from your opinion, some of the data and technology that is, uh, we talked a little bit about that, right, already, but some of the things that are changing or improving as we enter 2022 and beyond, and where do you see, you know, potentially looking out in the future, where do you think, see things coming, some interesting possible trends when in terms of data? Yeah, I mean, I think universal ID obviously is going to be kind of a new old standard, right? <laughs> We've got to reinvent, reinvent. And hopefully it'll end up in, you know, a consortium of people's, of company, different companies that have control of it. And then it gets standardized and in such a way that it's hard for anyone, 
know, company to kill it. And I can't non-emphasize enough, like how important that is. And I think that it's a shame that face, you know, the Facebooks of the world have kind of caused this rift between the consumer and, you know, like responsible advertisers. I think that my personal kind of take on that is that, you know, like Apple's being kind of opportunistic with its marketing stance on privacy, you know, like my wife's actually in marketing too. And so she, she runs her own digital, you know, marketing agency and we play a game every night when we're watching like Hulu or Slang on like, who's whenever, you know, like an interesting commercial comes up, we are, we're like, who's getting targeted? <laughs> and so apparently I'm, I'm the, you know, the overweight who's getting targeted with the ads because my wife's like super, super skinny and stuff. And so, but, but then it's, it's funny, but I, I kind of cringe when I see Apple's ads because they, you know, that are kind of espousing privacy and, and it's great for the consumer, but ultimately they're like the only one, they already have your, all your data. Yeah, Somewhere exactly. For them to say that the very next, you know, like I think anecdotally, everybody's had this experience who owns an iPhone where you're talking to your wife or somebody about like a new product and then the very next second you know like 30 minutes later you see the act for that product like pop up and you know like you just had a conversation with your wife and apparently siri you know so i want to touch on this topic though really quick because it is something i've long kind of argued about which is i have a daughter who's a who's a teenager believe it or not and you know her and her friends and i think in general that generation doesn't seem to have a lot of concerns about privacy in fact it's pretty much non-existent in my opinion do you feel like i think you know our generation i'm in generation x do have a lot of concerns about privacy but obviously as those people who are teenagers now become participants in the economy over the next couple decades i think it's going to lessen and potentially we're going to see a difference a shift there do you agree with that assessment or do you feel like no as they get older they're going to have those concerns too so I, I have a 19 year old and an eight year old. So I've got kind of unique views from them. You know, like in my 10 year old is definitely, you know, concerned about privacy. And I think that a better solution that, you know, the tech giants, Apple, Google, and Amazon could make a reality, like in an instant is just not making it harder to get the device ID, but to make it easier to get it and then just put the consumer like fully in control over their IDs mm. and to create, you know, like a public kind of space where they can really manage that easily themselves rather than this kind of draconian, like take us back to pre-internet days where it's so hard to even know, or, you know, they, they kind of went from auto opt in to auto opt out. So it's like two sides of the spectrum, but I think a better solution would be to make an open public database that is con yet is controlled by Apple, Google, and Amazon, or, you know, like a consortium of companies and just make it super, super easy for the consumer to log in and yep, here are my device IDs. Here's all, here are all of my devices that that I'm connected to and here are the things that I'm comfortable with, you know, advertisers knowing about me and that even opens up opportunity for them to actually 
share in, you know, whatever revenue is, is being you know, made upon them. Cause you know, like my teenagers kind of view is that it seems unfair that everybody would be able to profit off of you in I don't have any control over that. And so my That's a good point. The capitalist in me kind of thinks that if you give the consumer a way to, to actually share in that, or in, even at the basic level, just kind of understand in a very easily controllable way and have them own it, then that's, that's the solution rather than to just kind of take it away. You know, like, because, because everybody loses in this situation where it's so hard to kind of keep track and then only like a few companies like Apple and Google and Amazon have the ability to actually make those decisions on your behalf, you know, because they continue to target, you know, with you and then because they have the, the scale, but it's hard for companies that who we serve, you know, like we serve in the pet industry and there's, you know, about like 3000, you know, like SMB brands in the U S a lot sure. well, we're, we're going to the global pet expo next week. And it's like the second largest, you know, like expo in the world. And it's amazing. It's typically like two to three football fields of companies, you know, like small, the medium sized companies who are selling different products like pet products. And it's very, you know, like with that type of complexity in that is kind of growing exponentially in the pet industry. Like um, what's the most recent trend within the pet industry is this trend of humanization. You know, like pets are becoming more and more like us. You know, like when I was brought up, I had dogs. I would never have thought to, you know, dress up my dog, <laughs> right? We leave a bowl for him outside, you know, like, and he'd go out and run around with us around the neighborhood without a leash. Like, but now it's like, they're sleeping in beds. Like I've got like five different beds, like pet beds specifically for him. And he still sleeps on like, and jumps on my, my son's bed and he's not there. He, ha he wears clothes. He's got his own like rain jack, raincoat. You know, like he's got his own, you know, like special diet. He's got his toothbrush. And from a consumer standpoint, it becomes very, very confusing. And so with that loss of kind of the ability to track or in an in inability to target, the consumer loses out too, because they're just inundated with products that aren't even relevant to them. You know, like in our world, it's like. You know, like if you have, you know, like a small dog, then you don't want to be seeing, you know, like ads for the, got a small puppy. You don't want to be seeing ads for the German Shepherd senior, you know, exactly. Dog, right. 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 Or, or if you got a, a Chihuahua lap dog and, you know, like our clients, like for example, like a clothing client wants to target, you know, like girl dogs who wear you know, like dresses, you know, like, and it's really, you know, like our targeting kind of allows you to do that. And then at the core of all of that is still kind of being able to map that reliably to the consumer ID, the device, the different devices that a consumer's on. And so. And the consumer. Exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. We're almost out of time. So I did want to wrap up with one specifically for you. What are your favorite resources, your online resources that you rely upon? to keep up to speed with what's going on in the space that you're clearly knowledgeable about the entire space. But I'd love to hear and share for our audience, especially those who are just starting out in the business world. What do you do every day? What are the resources you go to? Well, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm a big podcaster. I love Radio Lab, you know, like NPR kind of 
news feed, just myself and just, you know, like TED Talks, et cetera, and stuff just to keep up on news and current events and stuff and just stay. A lot of my job as like an entrepreneur is just staying up to speed with like trends and stuff. And yes. so another important resource is really my wife and kids like TikTok feed. You know, it's just like, what, <laughs> what's going on at pop culture? Because you know, that may be an old man these days, you know, it's like, how do I stay relevant? You know, it's like, how do I know what's, you know, like, what are the new products that people are paying attention to? What are the cultural like trends and just how you stay, you know, kind of up to date with what everybody is kind of into, you know, these days. And then, you know, and I still love, you know, like playing games and just watching like TV and then nothing, you know, like, and from a, you know, like the boring stuff, you know, like industry news, you know, like I, I subscribe to all the newsletters that you guys just kind of read up and stay up to date on that stuff. But I think what keeps me both informed and young and relevant from a, a working in marketing is really just kind of, you know, like paying attention and talking to my kids. Great, great advice. Love the, first of all, Viva, thank you so much for joining, joining the Identity Revolution podcast. Any final thoughts on pets in general? Any comments that you have for people that are considering buying them if they haven't had one yet? What would you, to somebody who's interested in, in actually getting a dog for the first time, what's your piece of advice? Yeah, don't think about it. Just go to a shelter and then you'll end up coming back home with one. <laughs> I can agree. Yeah, I can agree. I Do it. Let's just end it with that. Do it. I mean, as I pointed out before, I had so you many won't regret it. I questions. You will really not regret it. My advice is don't, don't think too much about it just just do it and you'll love that little bugger just like you love your own kids so. agreed agreed viva this was uh so enjoyable i can't thank you enough for coming on the identity revolution podcast where can people reach you they'd like to to have a ch discussion further discussion should they go to your website what do you suggest yeah so you can find me on linkedin at viva chew it's v-i-v-a and uh, shoot and then you could shoot me an email at viva.gbs.pet or just visit our website at, at gbs.pet. Thank you so much, Viva. Have a fantastic weekend. Continued success with Good Boy Studios. I can't wait to see where you and the organization goes, and we couldn't be more happy to be partnering with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Viva. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to Identity Revolution. For more data-driven discussion, subscribe to Identity Revolution on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And for more on how Infutor can improve your data strategy across your entire enterprise, visit infutor.com.